Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22. And it says, Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed in pure water. Let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who has promised is faithful. And let us be concerned about one another in order to promote love and good works. Boy, let that sink in. Let us be concerned about one another in order to promote love and good works. Not staying away from our meetings, as some habitually do, but encouraging each other. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. Today I want to share with you, I want to get back on the series of messages that we've been preaching and we got away from it the last two weeks, but we're talking about some habits of a healthy church. And today I want to share with you habit number five of a healthy church, and that is fellowship. You'll see the verb is connect, that we connect one with another. I think fellowship is very, very important in the family of God. As a matter of fact, during World War II, the enemy conducted an experiment, actually many experiments, to find out the most effective way to gather information from prisoners. And one of the ways that they found to work the best was simply just solitary confinement. Put the individual by himself for an extended period of time, and the research came back that most men would sing like a canary after an extended season of solitary confinement. What does that tell us? It tells us that there's something that God has created with every single individual that has ever been born. He's created a tremendous need. As a matter of fact, go back in the book of Genesis, and you'll see whenever God created Adam, and Adam was naming all the animals, he created a great desire in Adam called loneliness. Adam looked around and he saw that he was all alone. So because God recognized the need that he established in Adam, and that Adam finally got to the place where he recognized the need in his own life, that's when he created the woman. And Adam looked at Eve, and he said, Whoa, man. Let us sink in later. Matter of fact, I was sharing with Tyler and Heather this week, and through our study that we were doing, that God created Eve out of the rib, and Adam was literally beside himself. He created, some of you just now getting that. God created this desire in Adam, and the desire was that he was lonely. There was a profound need in his life, and he needed a companion. He needed fellowship. And of course, God's divine plan for that was marriage. Amen? One man, one woman. Can I get a witness? You know, that's, that's his divine design for marriage. And that those two would become one. But let's take that a step further. If God created this 
this need in Adam of loneliness, then we still have that need today. Now, I'm not saying that the church is going to take the place of your marriage partner. That's not where I'm going with this message. But there is a desire in every single one of us that we connect with somebody. Someone was talking today or the other week about, um, about the young generation, especially the Gen Xers and even the, the younger than that, and, and how that Facebook and Twitter and the social media has become so, uh, so part of their daily life. Now, I've heard some older folks, and I'll, I would not even like to put myself in that category, and I was not looking at my mother-in-law intentionally. I was just going that way, and I saw her look away, and I wasn't talking about her. No, I wasn't. I, I, heard, I heard a man my age. Matter of fact, I heard one younger than me. So they shouldn't be on that stuff. Whoa, 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 whoa. You, you, see, you see what's happening? There is a tremendous desire to connect. And many are doing that through Facebook and doing that through Twitter. And that's one of the reasons that I started doing it, because I wanted to give some Christian influence and guidance in that area. And, and I try to be friends with as many as I can and connect with as many as I can and, and insert some scripture or insert a thought or insert something that will help them connect spiritually with our God. But there's that desire to connect one with another. Just like in World War II, when they realized that solitary confinement would make a prisoner after an exterior period of time, talk. And I know we, we've outsourced that kind of stuff today. Afghanistan does that for us now, I believe. I just heard on the news. I won't even go there. Do you realize, guys, that I believe that the Christian that is not connected with a church family We'll also start singing like a canary. But what you're going to start doing, you're going to start abandoning your values. You're going to start abandoning your principles. You're going to start succumbing to temptations. Because, guys, we need each other. Nowhere in the Word of God do you see where there are any Christian Lone Rangers. Hello? I mean, God commanded the disciples when they went out to go how? To go out by themselves? No, you go two by two. Why? He knew they needed each other. And guys, the, the habit that I want to nail home today, and I'm not going to be able to unpack this entire message. We've already taken too long with some other things that I felt was important to, uh, to unpack and talk about. But I just want to introduce this to you, and then we can get into it later in some more discussion. But here's what I want you to write down. Fellowship is loving God's family. Fellowship is loving God's family. Guys, every single one of us, and I want you to understand something about the family and the church where it says that some of them were, uh, were staying away from their meetings and how we were encouraged to get together with each other. I want you to know that the church is not a building. The church is not an organization. The church is not a social club. The church is the body of Christ. The church are, is, is our people, right? Born-again believers in the family of God, that is the church. And God's desire for us as believers is to come together in one heart, one mind, one accord, and fellowship, as well as some other things we've been talking about. But one of those is to fellowship and connect and share life together. 
Matter of fact, Scripture teaches that when one is rejoicing, they all re- we should rejoice with them. When one is weeping, we should weep with them. When one is excited, we should be excited with them. When one gets a new house, we should rejoice with them. Amen? But unfortunately, we let the devil get in there and we get jealous because somebody got a new house or somebody got a new car or somebody's got something a little bit better than me. God help us. Amen? Man, you're a week on the amens. I can preach this a lot faster if you scotch me a little bit better. Amen? Yeah, that's better. I like that. Listen, guys, we need to connect with each other. Guys, do you realize I've got a very important news flash for Victory Church? And here it is. Do you realize that God has entrusted to us here at Victory His most prized possession? You know what that is? It's His people. You see, Jesus didn't die for sound equipment or or beautiful buildings. He died for people. And then he gave those same people he died for the commission to share that gospel with other people. And then when those people accept that gospel, get together and encourage each other. And so much more as you see the day approaching. What's that talking about? That's talking about just the end. When you see the time when the Lord Jesus is coming back, and, and I know, don't, don't get so excited because we're in the year 2000. Now we're just 2,010 years closer to, to the day He's returned. In the biblical days, in the very first century, they thought His return was right around the corner. Okay? So the end times has not been since the year 2000. The end times has been since the time that Jesus departed and went back up to be with His Father. From that day forward, we've been in the end times. And he says, as you see the day approaching when I will come back and call my church to be home with me, as you see that day approaching, you need to get together more. Why? Because there's going to be challenges that you're going to face. There's going to be opposition that you're going to face. There's going to be temptations that you're going to face. And the only way that we can overcome them, yes, with the Lord, but also he's instilled a tremendous principle in the word of God that we connect one with another. And that's called fellowship. Now, whenever I mention fellowship, what do you think? We probably think about casseroles, don't we? I mean, isn't it amazing how we connect over a casserole or a piece of pie or coffee? And and it's amazing. I was sharing with Brother Eldon yesterday. One of the things that I enjoy about Kristen uh, out here doing breakfast is is the fellowship, the connecting of people that I see taking place out there. And I think that's very important. We're going to talk more about that in, in the near future. But listen, I think it's awesome that we connect with each other. Amen? And we need to be doing that in the body of Christ. In 1 John 4 and 21 it says, And we have this command from him, The one who loves God must also love his brother. You see, don't tell me you love God, and, but you don't like to go to church. What? Don't tell me you love God and you just don't enjoy being around God's people. The scripture says those that love God love their brother. You see, I look forward to Sunday morning. As a matter of fact, I was talking with a businessman this past week, and it was on Thursday of this week, and, and uh, he said, whew, Friday's right around the corner, we've got the weekend. And then he said, I guess the weekend's really not the weekend for you, is it? And I said, oh, yeah, it is. It's, it's P.E. for me. Sunday is P.E., and I realize there's some stress in getting set up, but once we get it set up, it's, it's, I love it. I mean, I look forward to it. Yes, it's a very busy day, and I'll be at Bethel Church preaching tonight. It's a very busy day, but I love it. I love getting together with God's people, and I love ministering one with another. Let me quickly, and I've got to hit this quick and go, and I'm sorry. 
Let me give you four levels of fellowship very quickly. Level number one is membership, which is choosing, choosing to belong. You see, this is the most basic level of fellowship. It's when you find a local church and you choose to identify with that local church. Now, let me, let me back up. I may have gotten ahead of myself just a little bit there. The first choice you make is to choose Christ as your personal Savior, Lord and Savior. That's kind of a given, but I felt like I needed to back up and reiterate that. You see, you, you become a part of the family of God when you recognize that you're a sinner, that Jesus died for the sins of the world. You repent, ask him to forgive you of your sins, and he moves into your heart, becomes your Lord and your Savior. And I mean, that's where salvation begins. And at that moment, you're part of the family of God. But there's a step after that you need to take, and that's called membership. You need to choose to belong to the family of God. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 19, it says, So then you are no longer foreigners and strangers but fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household. You see, the Christian life is just not a, it's just not a matter of just believing. It's also a matter of belonging. You see, it's one thing just to believe. Matter of fact, the Scripture teaches me and teaches all of us that Satan believes and trembles. You see, somebody said, well, I, yeah, I believe, I believe Jesus. It's not enough to believe just to believe. You've got to repent and accept Him as your personal Lord and Savior. And then He wants you to identify with a local church. I mean, He died for the church. I mean, membership of the local church is a big thing. And, and we've, we're, we're, it seems like today in this day and age that, that no one wants to commit to church membership any longer. We just want to float around here and there. I'll go visit there and I'll go visit there. We're all part of God's family. Kumbaya, yay, yay, yay. You know? You know, what that, you know what that's called? That's called no accountability whatsoever. I don't want anybody to tell me what to do. I want to do my own thing. I don't want to be held accountable anywhere. I don't want anybody to expect me to do anything or be, be there, for heaven's sakes. I want to just kind of float around, do my own thing. That's not God's plan for us. That's not His design for us. And the first level of fellowship is membership. You see, if someone says, I'm a Christian, but they're not a part of the family of God, that's like saying I'm a football player, but I don't want to be on a football team anywhere. That's what I'm saying. I'm a quarterback, but I just don't want to. I don't want to be on a team. But I'm a football player. Well, no, you're not. If if you're not on a team, you're not a football player. Hello. And I'd almost even stretch that. And it may be a a, a a stretch theologically speaking, but for sake of a of an illustration and application here, let me give me liberty to stretch it. I would question anyone's salvation that can never identify with a local church. Well, there may be some out there. I mean, I'm not saying they're saved. I'm not the judge. I realize that. But I do question the fact that someone can say they're a Christian, they're a believer, and never identify with a church family. Say amen or oh me. Romans 12, 5 says, In Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Level number one is membership. I've got to move on. Level number two is friendship. Learning to share. Learning to share. You see, once you identify, once you accept Christ, and you identify with the body of Christ, once you identify with the local church, that's the basic level, the membership level, choosing to belong, then there comes friendship. Now you're going to start establishing and building relationships within that local body. And it's very important that we do that, folks. And the principle is simply just learning to share. You see, we were made... For relationships. Acts 2.44 says, Now all the believers, this is the early church, 
And it says, now all the believers were together. And they had things in common. I mean, they were sharing things together. They were doing ministry together. They were interacting together. They were rejoicing together. They were weeping together. I mean, I don't know how people make it through a death. And we've experienced it in our family without a church family. I mean, I just don't know how people make it without the Lord and a church family. And that's that sharing life together. You know, a lot of times you'll, you'll see people that have been friends for 20 years, 10, 15, 20, 30 years, lifelong friends. And we may say, oh, so-and-so is so lucky. No, it's not luck. I don't, I don't believe in luck whatsoever. No such thing as luck. You may tell you what's happened with that individual. They have chosen to belong and they have engaged in a friendship and they are sharing life together. You see, those individuals that are lifelong friends for 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years, you'll find out that there were many times when they just got together and talked. They went out to eat together. They fellowshiped together. They hung out together. They raised their kids together. Went through life together. They shared life experiences together. And the cool thing about that today is they don't have to live next door in your community. That's one of the things I love about Facebook. It has reconnected me with, with friends and family members all across the country, literally around the world, that I'm able to engage in with their life. And we can share some things back and forth. I think that's pretty awesome. But it doesn't take the place of the church. Hello? We choose to belong to the family of God in the local church. And then we become friends one with another. And we start sharing things together. Let me quickly give you three things that we share. Jot these down if you will, please. Number one, our experiences. We just share life together. We share experiences together. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen says that iron sharpens iron. You see, you're getting together and you're sharing life together and you're sharing experiences together. You're sharing problems. You're sharing heartaches. You're sharing blessings. You're you're sharing times of rejoicing. You're sharing times of weeping. And that's iron sharpening iron. Man, you're just honing in on that thing. Sharing experiences together. But not only experiences, sharing our homes together. You see, there ought ought to be times we just open up our homes, we invite folks over and say, hey, let's just have a little fellowship at our house. Let's get together. And it may just be a board game we're going to play. And it may be just a movie we're going to watch. It may be a ball game that we're, whatever. But the point is that you're creating time for other people to be involved in your life. And that is so, so healthy for the child of God. Amen? Man, my life, I, I don't know what I would do without those moments. You know, watching the Super Bowl went over to Troy. I just enjoyed that. It just, I, I enjoyed just sitting back and just watching everybody else have fun. I mean, to me, that was great. And I hope and pray you guys were connected to different places. And if you need visitors, call me. I'll come eat your hot wings and laugh and have a good time. The point is, guys, we need to connect with each other. Share your experiences. Share your homes. Thirdly, share your problems. Guys, don't keep it all suppressed. Don't keep it all in. You need to have somebody that... And the best person to be is, is, is another fellow Christian. And it's even great if it can be part of the church family that you just share with you just unload some of your problems on in galatians 2, 6 2 says carry one another's burdens and in this way you are fulfilling the law of christ guys do you realize that when you share a joy it is doubled and that when you share a problem it is cut in half do you realize that When you share a joy with someone, that joy is doubled. And now both of you guys are rejoicing together and you're excited about what God is doing in your life. And the scripture says that every great and every good and blessing comes from God above, comes from from the Father. 
And whenever we share one of those joys, that joy is doubled. But there are times when we don't have a joy to share, but we got a problem to share. And when we share that problem, it's cut in half. And now somebody else is coming alongside and helping me carry that burden, carry that, that problem. Romans 12, 5. You need to write that scripture down. And I think I've got it in your notes. Weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. Level number three of fellowship is partnership. And that's just simply doing my part. Doing my part. You see, partnership is just realizing that I've got a contribution that I can make. You see, in a local church, not only do we need membership, not only do we need friendship, but we also need partnership. There's no way in the world we could do what we do here at Victory Church without individuals stepping up and saying, hey, I'm going to partner with you in that. You see, every single one of us are gifted. Every single one of us have a spiritual gift. Every single, one of, every single one of us have something that we could bring to the table in ministry at Victory Church. Every single one of us are a ten in something. We're all good at something. Why not bring that into the local church and use that gift and use that ministry in the local church so that we can help reach the community and the surrounding communities and the region with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? And makes the church so much healthier when everybody is bringing everything together. You see, Victory Church is not just a place for you to sit and soak in a spiritual spa. Some people, I go get my spiritual spa treatment this morning. And it's coming, whoo. And then that's it. Guys, do you realize to create this spiritual spa environment that it takes a lot of people working and ministering together and how selfish it is? I'm already too far in this thing to back out now. How selfish it is of us. My homiletics professor said you're not preaching unless you say you. So let me back up. How selfish it is of you. That puts it in your lap. You see, when it's us, it's still in general. I'm trying to be mean. I just want you to see the point here. How selfish it is. To come to God's house on Sunday morning and not have any input whatsoever, not be involved in any ministry, not helping out whatsoever, but just sit in our spiritual spa and go home. The point is, guys, we all need to engage in ministry. And we're at D6 Church. I think the greatest thing, let me share this with you. I think one of the greatest things we can do is get involved in ministry as a family. As a family. Now, I know my daughter's doing the Go 10 breakfast, and, and I just want to say thank you to Victory Church. You guys have stepped up, and the majority of all of her money has come from this church. Give, you, give, the, give the Lord a praise offering for using you to help her raise nearly $3,000. So I told her the other day, I said, honey, you're winding down. That breakfast thing is going to need to wind down. We're going to have to do something else, and, you know, you're getting, getting the money. But then I see that. I've seen that. I've seen that people really enjoy that. So now I'm thinking, you know what we need to do? We don't need to do it for her to raise money anymore, but we need to do it so that families could possibly get together. Maybe if you have a large family, maybe one family could do it. Or if they're smaller families, maybe two or three can get together. And you can provide a little breakfast for everybody on Sunday mornings as a way to connect and give back and get involved in ministry as a family doing that. Wouldn't that be great to see different families working together to provide a little bit? Now, you don't have to have... You know, steak and eggs, biscuits and gravy, I found out, are, are a pretty good hit around here, are they not? Uh, they about got crucified last week when they didn't bring gravy out. 
But whatever it is that you want to put together, I think it'd be a great opportunity for us to get in, engaged and partner with what we're doing. Now, we need, we need more than just breakfast, but I think that's a great thing for our church on Sunday morning. Being so many get here so early, set up, there is a little downtime, they can have that. And then it also creates a way for us to engage and fellowship and sit down and talk and, you know, and carry on. And so I think that's, that's healthy to do. 1 Corinthians 3, 9, it says, for we are God's co-workers. We're God's field. We're God's building. And we all need to engage and do our part to help build the church. Level number four is kinship. Not only membership, friendship, partnership, but kinship. And that just means loving believers like family. You see, kinship is an old term. But if you remember, when someone would pass away, they would notify the next of kin. That someone right there was real close and connected in that family we need that's kind of that's the deepest level of of fellowship is when you are so deep in that fellowship experience that you really do feel like family like your brothers and sisters in the family and guys is the victory church family really part of your family? My prayer is that it is. And if it isn't, my prayer is that it will be. For our church to be a healthy church, we've got to connect one with another. We've got to have that kinship. We've got to have that partnership. We've got to have that friendship. We've got to have that membership. We've got to connect one with another. There's a lot more I could say about all of that, but I've got to stop. But let me ask you a question. At what level are you? Where are you? Now, I am excited to say that next Sunday evening, what's the time, 5 o'clock? At 5 o'clock next Sunday, we're having a membership class. For those that have never committed to membership at Victory Church, that's the first step. Okay? Well, once again, I got ahead of myself. The first step is commit yourself to Christ. That's a given. Okay? But then after that, to membership. And if you're not a member of Victory Church, we invite you to come be a part. Come be a part of what God is doing. I don't, I don't know what, what really the end result of Victory Church is going to be. I just know I'm excited to be a part of it. I just know this is God doing something. I just know that I just want to submit myself to the foot of Jesus Christ and allow him to lead and guide and direct me as he leads this church. But I enjoy being a part of Victory Church. And if you're not a member of our church, I invite you to come be a member of our church. But maybe you're already a member. Have you, have you got to the friendship level? Have you really started sharing life together? Or we just kind of hit be a member and it's kind of just, that's as far as we've gotten. I want to encourage you to go to the next level of friendship. But then maybe you're there, and I want to encourage you to get to the next level of partnership. I mean, serve. Find a place to serve and grow and contribute and help. There's a place for all of us. And then, of course, the last one being kinship. Just love the family. Just love on each other. I mean, that's what we're here for. I love that part about ministry. Matter of fact, you know, over this past couple days and weeks that Sister Linda and her family have been going through what... My heart was thrilled to see carloads of people come in to the funeral home Friday evening and that be our church family showing up. And then Saturday morning for the service, 
As a pastor, I was thrilled to see our church step up. And I realized that was a long way to drive for a lot of you guys. And some of you guys took the wrong way by going to back roads. <laughs> but I was sure glad to see you guys there. <laughs> Why? Because that's love and family. When one is weeping, get in there and weep with them. Amen? And when one is rejoicing, get in there and rejoice with them. So I wonder as every head is bowed and every eye is closed. And Sierra is going to come and lead us in our song of invitation today. How has God spoke to your heart today? We've kind of hit on a lot of things today in this service. If you're here today and you do not know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I just want you to know that He loves you. And He died for you. And He wants to save you. He wants to write your name in the Lamb's book of life. He wants you to spend eternity with Him in heaven. But it's all going to be based off the decision that you make. He's done everything there is to do. What are you going to do? Have you given your life to Him?